2: From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. California removed a decades-old ban on lowrider cruising last month, but of course no matter what law was on the books, lowrider culture has flourished in the Bay Area. From the Mission to San Jose, wherever Mexican Americans have lived, the cars have been part of the culture. Today we'll explore the role that lowriders have played in Chicano culture in the region, the changing gender roles within lowriding, and look at the intergenerational bonds that have formed around these beautiful objects. And yes, I did want to get a lowrider, a link I was a teen and i'm still kind of sore i got a ford escort instead we'll discuss it all after this news welcome to forum i'm alexis madrigal though it's been some years since i was a kid browsing through lowrider magazine lowriders still deeply appeal to me the baroque paint jobs the perfect detailing the opulent interiors The way they push taking care of your car to a gorgeous, almost absurdist art form. And I do think growing up in a rural place, they provided me with a connection with urban Mexican-American life, however filtered it was through the particularities of this culture. So I am delighted to be talking the past, present, and future of lowriders this morning and what it's meant to generations of our people joined by John Uloa, professor of anthropology at Skyline College, a member of Low Creations Lowrider Club and host of the Low Ride Worldwide podcast. Welcome, John.
3: Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah.
2: We're also joined by Roberto Hernandez, who's the founder and president of the San Francisco Lowrider Council. Welcome, Roberto. Buenos días. Yeah. And we're joined by Lorraine Quinones, who's co-founder of the California Lowrider Alliance who lives in uh, and she lives in East LA. Welcome, Lorraine.
4: Good morning, Buenos Aires.
2: Uh Lorraine, let's let's start with you. I mean, before we talk about overturning the ban, I kind of want to go around the corn here, the horn here so people can kind of situate you within low riding. Tell me about your car uh, or if you've got multiple cars, you know, your favorite car.
4: All right, yeah, we do uh, have the blessing of having a few vehicles. We have our first love, which is uh, the nineteen seventy one Chevy Cheval. That uh, my husband and brother in law, our son, just bonded over building, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. while going to school and living in the down and outs. We still held on to that car my husband loves so much. Mm -hmm. And then we have a 1957 Chevy Ballet, Mm -hmm. which is uh, Sweet Dreams. (laughs) And um, she's carried the mission these past couple of years. And then we have a 1963
2: Nova drop top, which oh is gosh. in the works. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Roberto, I know you have a bunch, yeah? But tell us, just tell us about one, like your favorite.
5: That's really hard. But... <laughs> <laughs> Choose amongst your children. Okay. Yeah. It's my uh, 1964 Chevy Impala Pala, mm. uh, rag top.
2: Mm. And what's it, what kind of color? What kind of, what's it look like?
5: Her name is Creamy because I... It's painted with the nice, creamy, beautiful
2: um, color. Mm, mm. I mean, that's a. I feel like at this point, that is the car that a lot of people kind of imagine when they imagine a lowrider. Now,
5: yeah, it's the BMW of lowriding, <laughs> <laughs> the Black Magic Woman.
2: <laughs> uh, John Aloa, how about you?
3: Uh, my latest, uh, my latest car is a '73 Buick Riviera. Ooh, fully custom boat tail. Um it's its name was Alien Conspiracy and we've dropped the Alien, now it's just the Conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and what kind of paint job are we talking here?
3: Oof, uh metallic flake base with uh with candy turquoise over it and mm-hmm. um it's getting ready to get uh, busted out onto the streets yet again in a new iteration with uh with some graphics and I'll just leave it at that cuz I want it to be revealed on the street. You want it to, <laughs> want it to be a surprise
2: for everyone. Um all right like th- thanks for that. Uh, Lorraine, let's talk about some of the efforts to remove the the statewide ban. Look, what does this uh new legislation actually do?
4: The efforts to repeal the ban statewide started locally, um, just from a wide range of people in their different communities facing a common struggle of having that right to cruise uh, particular areas that are uh, traditionally a space for low riders to gather and cruising community to use the space such as Whittier Boulevard in East LA, where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, so the efforts began there, just pockets of people doing the same thing, whether it was in the Bay area or, you know, Southern California, we um, started making connections as we were fighting that fight and um, connecting through social media and then getting phone numbers and being a network of support and, a uh, space for, you know, a resource to come together and figure out how to do this. Um, And then it grew into, you know, the California Lowrider Alliance and other alliances, all just joining forces together. Um, And so here we are today. So it's a collective effort. And the statewide um, bill that we have now will get rid of the ordinance that says no cruising zone or you're not allowed to cruise in, you know, a certain street it'll remove those ordinances throughout the state of california nice.
2: i mean john you couldn't really keep people out of the streets right so what did the bands actually do when they were when they were in
3: place well i think that they were more of a deterrent or an attempted deterrent but you have to understand i mean you're talking about a history that goes back decades mm-hmm. um you know um and and just you know, I'm in I'm in serious and very good company here. So I'm only gonna speak for myself and I will defer to my elders because Roberto was, you know, <laughs> one of the tips of the arrow. And I wanna I wanna acknowledge yeah. that and I wanna call I wanna name that. Like, you know, Roberto and and the work that he and the San Francisco Lowrider Council did here locally. I mean, they were at the tip of the arrow. Oh, yeah that took a lot of damage back in the day. But what I I would say from a historical standpoint is, you know, lowriding has ebbed and flowed just in terms of its mainstream popularity. And right now I would argue that it's at its apex. It's the largest Mm -hmm. it's ever been. Mm -hmm. It's the most popular it's ever been. It's the most co-opted that it's ever Mm been um, by corporations and big media um, conglomerates. But I would say that those signs were attempted deterrence. But, you know, I talked to a lot of people and myself included who cruised regardless of the fact that those signs were there so i think that uh you know you know lorraine and you know was key in in getting a lot of this serious and heavy lift done Mm -hmm. um statewide there are a lot of people that have been involved but uh you know we still have a lot of work to do for sure
2: yeah um roberto let's talk about san francisco um as as a bit of an outlier i mean the the police and the city government did attempt to crack down on low riding in the mission no
5: well, they did. They actually, um, back in the late 70s, early 80s, they it got to the point where it was martial law on Mission Street. You could mm. not walk or drive down Mission Street. It was a military coup on the part of the San Francisco Police Department where they came out in full ride gear and would literally march from... From, uh and for, their formation would go from the sidewalk onto the street to the other side of the s- side of the st- what? um and, just to stop low riding yeah yeah and not only low riding but th- to get rid of everybody who would come see his cruise and um it was horrible <laughs> i mean i think about it now i mean it's just like you know um it was it was like I, unreal you know, but at the moment, you know, a, a lot of us, you know, were real young and, and we were already, you know, a lot of us had been, been organizers, you know, in the community. And, and so we stood up and we fought and, um,
2: yeah, what happened? How did, how did the fight go? Well,
5: you know, it, it w- what we did was we started, um, I got, um, I, I start formed the San Francisco L- Loretta Council, brought all the clubs together solo riders and at that time the council we had 56 members and the reach that we had was probably about i'll say about about 1300 uh low riders at the time mm. and so we 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 started having protests and um w- one of the protests that we did was we took a day off from work and we went r- and just cruised around city hall um for four hours and um then we um got a legal team we got some interns from law schools and and had them work with us to document f- to film and take pictures of what was going on in the street and then we went to every city government you know um, entity we went to the captain of the police he didn't do nothing. We went to the chief. We went to the police commission. We went to the mayor. At that time, was Dianne Feinstein. We went to the board of supervisors. We showed them all the evidence, and they all acknowledged there was a problem, but none of them did anything about it. Mm. And so, during that period of time, you know, when we started protesting, I, uh, a whole lot, uh, several of us got arrested. I got arrested 113 times. Oh my gosh! Um, I was beat up three times. And, uh, and so it just got to the point where uh, the, the legal team that we had formed to document all this um, basically said, you know, you all have uh, a, a federal lawsuit of discrimination in the making. Any of you guys are ready to go. We'll file the suit for you. And uh, there was a, a Chicano, uh, Chicana, both um, um, uh, um uh, t- two of them that were actually lawyers, and they said, "We'll take on this case," huh? you know, and because on the on this at the same time on the west side of the city, you had hot rodders that were racing for pink slips on the Great Highway. And, and, you know, a lot of us would go out there just watch the races. And then I got the idea was, wait, wait, how come the cops ain't stopping this and this is (laughs) dangerous? Well, we're going bajito y despacio. (laughs) And over there, they're hot-riding, you know? It's insane. (laughs) And uh, so, uh, you know, and, and that just built the case, you know. And yeah, so. Of
2: all the car things you can do, going low and slow feels like about the most harmless looking mm-hmm. uh, for sure. I mean, the police were basically saying it was like anti-gangs, right? They were saying it, it was like a public safety issue.
5: No, it, it, they basically uh, were saying they were justifying it by saying it was a traffic problem. Oh. But the fact is, is that when we would get stopped, you know, we'd say, you know, I got I got asked questions like once you get out of jail, once you get off parole and do you have any drugs in your car, you know, and then they would, you know, make us get out of the car and they would frisk us go through the whole car. I mean, it was just racial profiling, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what we were able to document that. It was basically it wasn't a traffic problem. It was racial pro- uh, profiling, you know. And, and so what we did on the traffic issue, right, we went up Broadway because at that time, in San Francisco Broadway was like it was a hot scene, yeah. you know, at that time a- in the late 70s and early 80s. And so when we were down Broadway, we filmed all the traffic, <laughs> right? And then we went down you know, Fisherman's Wharf, all the traffic. We filmed all that, so we show and we're able to demonstrate that in other parts of the city there was traffic, but yeah, they weren't yeah. they weren't pulling people over and they weren't conducting themselves the way that they
2: were. Yeah, we're talking about lowrider culture with Roberto Hernandez, who's the founder and president of the San Francisco Lowrider Council. John Uloa, another expert on lowriders and uh, a professor of history and anthropology at Skyline, and Lorraine Quinones, co-founder of the California Lowrider
1: Alliance. We'll be back with more right after the break and the
6: homies, I shade
1: support for forum comes from san francisco opera set 10 years after a school shooting the critically acclaimed opera innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly appended kaya sarayaho's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward
2: Welcome back to Forum. That was the song I Do Love You. We're talking about lowrider culture with John Aloa, professor of history and anthropology at Skyline College. It's in the Low Creations Lowrider Club and host of the Lowride Worldwide podcast. Also joined by Lorraine Quinones, co-founder of the California Lowrider Alliance. She lives in East LA and Roberto Hernandez, who is the founder and president of the San Francisco Lowrider Council. You know, John, maybe just for folks who aren't familiar with the culture, maybe you could walk us through sort of how low riding became a part of kind of urban Chicano life.
3: Well, you know, they say that uh, necessity is the mother of all invention, you know, and uh, you know, in the, in the forties, you know, and uh, with the suits and the Pachucos, um, you know, they were the ones that really started to lower their cars in the back and, and really, Articulate their vehicles in a way that was that was the antithesis of Anglo hot riding culture and Anglo Mm. car customization. And, um, you know, I would I would say that that all roads point back to the Pachucos, Um, you know, uh, all cultures want to uh, want to establish their creation myths um and low riding is no different a, a a lot of communities want to claim ground zero for low riding so i say that you know that you know to appease the masses that low riding is born in the mexican american experience in the southwestern part of the united states um and that's as as neutral as i can
7: be with
2: it <laughs> because basically right like the new mexicans claim it the people in la claim yeah. it right yeah
3: and, and and you know my my work is is uh you know i'm looking at the global trajectories of low writing. the milk is spilled i'm interested in where it's running so i let other mm-hmm. people have the the point of origin fight um but you know i mean w- look w- when when marginalized communities uh, you know have been silenced when their when their histories have been eliminated or 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 omitted from the textbooks you know people want to plant their flags people want to claim um, their history and and so I don't fault anybody for that. And um and you know, we're no different. So but you know, I I like the Pachucos, but you know, there's been, you know, there's been an evolution with low writing, especially as, you know, trends have come and gone, you know, um the, the 70s low writing styles are back in a big way. Um you know and and you know again Lowrider magazine had a lot to do mm-hmm. with how how the the you know what was happening in other communities w- was uh was brought to to everybody and mm-hmm. so and you know lowrider magazine started in 1977 lowriding didn't certainly did not start in 1977 but you know um the significance of w- the work that Sonny madrid and his team did with the establishing of lowriding magazine mm-hmm. cannot be left out of the equation yeah. i mean you said at the outset of the show that you know that you know that you had a relationship with lowrider magazine yeah. in terms of of uh of lowriding and so you know the thing is is that again ebbs and flows you know um then the 90s and the onset of gangster rap videos then brought lowriding to a a global audience worldwide um military presence ar- around the globe you know uh chicano servicemen mm-hmm. were 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 having lowrider magazine leaving them ab- behind i interviewed lowriders in saudi arabia years ago and they were saying uh. that you know that somebody from here from the united states brought lowrider magazine to saudi arabia and they they just went nuts over it they were like we have to do this same wow. thing happened same thing happened um you know in japan as well you know so yeah. or oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry brazil japan is a different thing but yeah. um you know so not only do we have like this history of lowriding over time but then we have the global diffusion right of lowriding, which is super interesting to me yeah.
2: I mean, John, you have to imagine the scene, right? I mean, we had moved from Los Angeles when I was 10 up to rural Washington state. And so that was kind of like the one connection that we still had back <laughs> to like urban Mexican culture was like, you'd go to the grocery store and there would be like one magazine that had, you know, Mexican people in it and it would be Lowrider, uh, which, you know, we could say other things about that, but that was the case, you know, um, Lorraine, uh, I want you to talk a little bit about how you saw it, not just maybe getting the ban overturned, but the organizing that went into it as part of this kind of claiming or reclaiming for some people of this culture.
4: The organizing began with, uh, for me, in East L.A. with a change.org petition. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: Um, As we were experiencing uh, the shutdowns from the East L.A. Sheriff's Department, on Whittier Boulevard, sort of um, not to the degree that Roberto was describing what they were experiencing yet, but um, it's interesting because we're still having conversations and what it's going to look like once AB 436 rolls out in January, um, we were at a meeting yesterday and there was sheriff, sheriff's present, uh, which it kind of is just like a foreshadow of what's mm. to come. So anyhow, um, it started for me with the change.org petition. And um, doing research online and seeing, you know, what is the ordinance? What does it mean? Is there anybody else um, fighting it? Because I knew that cruising is something that is, you know, uh, a culture and tradition in numerous places throughout the California region. Mm-hmm. And so um, doing the online research and looking into social media and coming up with um, names such as uh, Carlos from Duke South in Sacramento, who was in the process of working with Sacramento Lowrider Commission to repeal the ban out there. Mm -hmm. His name came up through online search and um, Jovita, the president of the United Lowrider Coalition out of National City in San Diego area. Mm
7: -hmm.
4: Um, So all these names were coming up and I came across Roberto, John all these names where people were really uh, lifting up the value and the culture of lowriding not only here but worldwide as john was stating Mm -hmm. and how significant it is for so many people not only in california but you know throughout as global and so the organizing started just with um online research a change.org petition and word of mouth yeah the old school word of mouth (laughs) hitting the streets hitting the lowrider scene and uh, bringing awareness of the ordinance and paying attention to the signage mm-hmm. and asking people what they think about it and um, tapping into the Lowrider community yeah. to see how we can band together.
2: Yeah. Let's bring in uh, another person from the Lowrider community. Angel Romero is the founder and president of the Dueñas Car Club based in Sunnyvale. Welcome.
6: Hi. Hey. Hello, everybody.
2: What's up? Welcome, welcome. Um, So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your car club?
6: Uh, We are an all-women car club based out of Sunnyvale. We started out in 2019. We currently have 10 car club members and 12 bike club members.
2: Oh, wow. Um, I was talking with uh, one of our KQED folks here, Cecilia Phillips, who has gotten into uh, car culture and just talking about, some of the things that you encounter as women who are moving into a culture that historically at least people have thought of as being dominated um, by men, why, why do you think it's important for women to have their own clubs?
6: Um, it's, sometimes it's a little bit different view. You know, uh, men and women sometimes can clash a little bit. Um, and just to have a space of our own and make sure that our voice is heard um, by everyone and not just uh, channeled through men or other sources. hmm
2: I mean, earlier we were talking about Lowrider magazine and I have to say, you know, when I remember back to my teenage dumb and reading that magazine, it now seems pretty sexist, you know, (laughs) there was a lot of gender stereotyping. The women were kind of presented as accessories to the cars rather than, you know, people with agency. I mean, did you encounter that kind of gender stereotyping as you were moving into this?
6: Um, a little bit here and there, and you know, like you were saying, Lowrider Magazine and everything. Always, the women in lowriding were the models, mm-hmm. you know, or the accessories. Like you said, we weren't the owners; we weren't the ones um, making moves, making things happen out there on the boulevard. And a lot has changed.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, how does the Duenas Car Club? How do you interact with the local communities? Like, what do you do? Do you just like go to shows? Do you do other kinds
6: of stuff? Um, yeah, we go to shows. We're on the boulevard. We do a lot of community. Um, fundraisers, drives. Uh, we had a back-to-school drive. We had a toy drive every year. We have a breast cancer raffle uh, where we receive donations. Uh, this year, we raised over $5,000. In total, we've raised over $19,000 since we've been mm-hmm. doing this um, that have been donated. Um, so we do a lot of things for the community and the kids. You know, Kids, of course, look up to us and, and want to be a part of of, you know, the culture and and see what it's really all about. So, um, you know, we like to really uh, give back to the community. This Sunday, we're doing a homeless handout. We do that every year. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we do a lot.
2: Yeah. Angel, before we let you go, why don't you tell us about your car? Uh, I
6: have a 1965 Chevy Impala. Mm. I've had for 20 years. Um, It's purple. I'm going on my second build right now. Uh, it's been taking me a little bit longer than usual because I'm trying to build it myself. (laughs) I've never put a car together and I didn't take it apart. The painter did. So it's been a little bit challenging. However, you know, it's a labor of love and I'm excited to learn so much more about my car and really be hands on.
2: Yeah. Hey, thanks. Saturday love. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. Angel Romero, founder and president (laughs) of the Duenas car club based in uh, Sunnyvale. Thanks for joining
6: us. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye.
2: Hey, John, um, to ask you about the role of car clubs, obviously you're in Low Creations, Lowrider Club. So let's start there. Like, why did you join that car club, and what role do you think car clubs play in general in this world?
3: Thanks for the question. Uh, low Low Creations is the oldest lowrider car club in San Francisco, established in 1974. Um, founded by an African American lowrider, Derek Ward, the late Derek Ward. Um, the club has just deep roots a lot of history in low riding in San Francisco low riding in Bay Area low riding recently recognized um, as a legacy club as really low rider legends but the reason why I joined low creations is the club is what I call the sly and the family stone of low riding <laughs> um because the club has always been diverse from its inception and really embrace diversity. So um, we're all multi-ethnic, multicultural, and at the end of the day, it's a great group of of folks. And um, and I think that it, it was absolutely the right fit for me to join Low C. Yeah, so cool. I'm I'm a pr- proud member. Yeah. I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest member in in terms of I'm the most recent member. Um, but you know um, I had offers to join a lot of clubs that are very very well known worldwide, and uh, Low C was was mm. the right fit for me.
2: Uh, Roberto from you know your experience in in San Francisco um have have low riding largely been a space of cooperation between black and brown communities that both enjoy this kind of car or have there been conflicts over time?
5: no, actually it's been a point of unity uh, that has brought us together and not, not only black and brown but also um Asians, I mean, we 've had a and John was talking about uh low creations car club there's been a lot of Filipinos for example in, in his club in the last 50 years and also there's been some you know um uh, brothers and sisters who are white who, um have, so it's it low writing it's been colorblind you know predominantly of course Latino but you know it embraces everybody and I think that's the, what's so beautiful about it you know, low riding is is um, it's a culture that, um, especially
2: other communities. Man, they everybody loves it. It's- <laughs> I mean, they're beautiful. What can you say? Um, let's uh, let's bring in another uh, car club uh, person, AJ Noriega, founder of Chicana Dreams uh, from San Jose. Welcome, AJ.
8: Good morning.
2: Hey, AJ, how you doing? Um, I want you to talk about, because you're you're on the young side of this, Um, can you talk about growing up in a lowrider family? Like, what'd you like about it?
8: I think um, the most um, beautiful thing that I saw growing up was just all the love that we had for each other and um, the siblinghood within it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like, you see these dope-ass cars and the artwork and you hear the music and you, you can't help but feel nostalgic and...
2: (laughs) <laughs> oh no, AJ, we're going to get you on the phone. I think your uh your line is breaking up a little bit. I actually, you know, AJ mentioned the music and um maybe this is one is for you, John. Why did soul music become embedded into like the heart of low riding? I mean, I know people listen to all different kinds of music and but there's this like particular kind of oldie soul that is just I, I've always loved and it feels like it's really part of the culture.
3: Yeah, you know, and and I've had this conversation with uh with Donnie Alonzo, our, our vice president in low C, you know, and, uh, you know, there's a soundtrack to low riding. I think that, you know, when, you know, back in the day, I remember, you know, my brother's 11 years older than me and, and he had would have stacks of 45 oldies. Wow. Um, and you know, it was, it was just, you know, things go together, you know, the, the preparation of ironing the clothes to get ready to go out this, you know, kind of setting the mood as it were, and, um, you know, I mean, you could take it all the way back. I mean, you know, Lalo Guerrero, uh, Pachuco Suave, back to the Zoot Suit era. I mean, you know, you guys opened the show with War Lowrider, um, you know, th- there's there's just certain songs that set a mood that create a vibe when when one's low riding. And, you know, while there's this overarching, you know, oldies or funk and, you know, or USB, you know, the, the, the digital iteration of the mixtape or what have you, <laughs> you know, Um, you know, La Onda Bahita, you know, the radio show, um, you know, out of, uh, the East Bay, you know, there's just, there's just been, you know, music, music and low writing have always gone hand in hand because it's part of cruising, you know, but, uh, you know, it's you know there are a lot of rockers that low ride or low that listen to rock you know or um you know it's not just about soul um it's, it's about music and music is the universal language um so it's uh you know when uh, there's a there's a low riding bilingualism that happens when the language of low writing and the language of music uh come together come together. Yeah, so there's also a um, there's
2: a I'm gonna have part-
7: to write
3: that down
2: cause I just <laughs> came- <laughs> There's a uh, There's a there's a party in uh, in Oakland called Suavecito soldies too. that for people who like this music or are interested You should you should check that out. It's like exactly that kind of like 45s of, of oldies kind of culture I just realized I haven't opened the phone lines. We want to hear from you. Are you uh, a lowrider? You can tell us about your car, what you love about it. What are your thoughts, your questions about lowrider culture uh, and cruising as it's developed over time? The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can email forum at kqed.org. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Discord. You can find us on Instagram. We're KQED Forum. Um, Roberto, did you, just to stay on the music for one more second here, did you come up in that kind of oldies music world or were you listening to something else? No, I was straight up with oldies and, yeah. and
5: back then it wasn't called even oldies. Right. It, it wasn't was just, that old. I it guess. was music we grew up with. Yeah. And, um, so when Smokey Robinson, you know, was, I mean, just that rom- romance, you know, yeah. and so you, you are driving low and slow and you put on that. You know, that, you know, Smokey Tune or you put on The Temptations or Mary Wells, you know. And then on Saturday, I remember having, uh, getting up early and cooking and having the homies come over and we watched Soul Train. <laughs> so we it was, it was music we grew up with, you know, just like we grew up yeah. with salsa, yeah. you know, at that time. You know, Tito Puentes, Cel- Celia yeah. Cruz and... Ray Barreto and the Fania All Stars. So we, you know, depending on what your mood is, you know, like at night, you know, on a Friday night, I'd be putting on that soul music, you know, but when we cruise on like on a Sunday, you know, I'd be putting on, you know, some a little yeah. bit of salsa, you know. Uh, Joe Batan, jo- jo <laughs> Oh, yeah. Joe Batan, man. That was like- Young, gifted, and brown, you know. Yeah. Uh,
2: we're talking about lowrider culture with John, with Roberto Hernandez, founder and president of the low rider, San Francisco Lowrider Council. John Loa professor of history and anthropology at Skyline. And Lorraine Quinones, co-founder of the California Lowrider Alliance. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Understand me now. Sometimes I feel a little mad.
9: But don't you know that no one alive can always be nature? An when things go wrong, I seem to be bad. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh Lord,
6: please don't let me be misunderstood.
2: Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. That's uh, Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. That's the animals version. I also love the Santa Esmeralda version. So good. Um, we're talking about lowrider culture with Lorraine Quiñones, co founder of the California Lowrider Alliance She's from East LA. We also have Roberto Hernandez, who's the founder and president of the San Francisco Lowrider Council. And we have John Uloa, proud member of the Low Creations Lowrider Club, host of the Lowride Worldwide podcast. And also, a professor of history and anthropology at uh, at Skyline College. Earlier, we were joined by Angel Romero, who is the founder and president of the Dueñas Car Club based in Sunnyvale. And we have AJ Noriega back with us. She's the founder of Chicana Dreams uh, from San Jose. Welcome back, AJ.
8: Thank you. It's good to be back.
2: Okay, cool, cool. So you were talking about growing up in a in a lowrider family. Um, when did you start? Do you remember your first like ride out with your family?
8: Um, No, I was probably cruising since I was in the womb, to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, My mom is the same age as all my primas and primos, so um, we have a huge family, and growing up with the lowriders, there were lowriders at every family function, birthday, party, funeral, anything that you can think of, like, there was always lowriders there, even if it was just a barbecue on the weekend. It's really a family affair, you know, cruising with your loved ones and listening to all your favorite songs and making beautiful memories with your family.
2: And in your case, right, it's your mom really where you kind of got this bug from.
8: Yeah. Yeah. It's my mom's side of the family.
2: Yeah. Um, Tell us about your car club a little bit.
8: Um, So Chicana Dreams was established here in um, Northern California, San Jose, uh, to be exact, in 2019. Um, We have seven car club members and uh, four strong supporters. And then we also have uh, for bike club members um, and what really motivated us to to start was you know just the love for low lighting and um, not really having female representation out here,
2: yeah, yeah um tell us about your car uh,
8: so I drive a sixty nine Pontiac catalina um drop top, and uh, she's cherry red. Ooh. her name is Jackie Brown. <laughs>
2: Um how about how about what was the first car in your family that you really loved like when you were starting to go out there
8: The first car that I fell in love with in my family Yeah yeah the first of your
2: family's family. car that you fell in love with
8: It was probably my cousin Zig um he has a Chevy Impala wagon oh. and um he has it all juiced up on hydraulics and he's got engraving inside of the the windows and uh, candy paint with patterns and flakes and pinstripes and, um, and a sound system that's badass. Mm-hmm. So how and the way that he would three wheel it, you know, like he three will it and I'm just like, God damn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, like for you, like what role does this play in kind of having pride in your, in your culture more broadly you think?
8: What role does it play for my culture?
2: Yeah, like just like when you think about, you know, Chicano culture, Mexican-American culture here in Northern California, like it, lowriders feel like they're central to you within kind of taking pride in the community.
8: Yeah, of course. We do take a lot of pride and honor in where we come from. And um, it's our obligation to continue and to keep educating our youth and give it to them so that way they can continue.
2: It. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. A.J. Noriega, founder of Chicana Dreams uh, from San Jose Car Club down there. Thanks so much.
8: You're welcome. Yeah.
2: Um, Lorraine, you know, when you think about these different uh, car clubs and you think about the, the kind of organizing that you've done, I mean, now that the band's going to be overturned, like, do you think it helps like kind of spread the culture? Like, what do you, what do you hope the effect is?
4: Our biggest hope for AB 436 is first of all, like empowerment. So uh, I think it's um, an opportunity to show like a lot of us speak about the youth, right. And carrying on the low legacy and tradition and, and making sure that that is not lost in the generations to come. So if they can see that, you know, together to make change and, you know, a positive impact within our communities to reverse a law that we felt was discriminatory, we want to to empower others to do the same where they see there's an injustice in their community, especially, you know, when it, it impacts your, you know, livelihood in such a big way when it's so near and dear to your heart and you're. Cultura, you know, it's like, wow, stand up, you know, speak up. And so we hope AB 436 and people seeing the rollout and the success of it and changing law, that it empowers our youth and other individuals within the communities to organize around things that they feel are important to them. Mm -hmm. Second of all, uh, we hope that the harassment and um, law enforcement and city and county officials can see that we we matter, you know? Mm-hmm. They need to start hearing us out and giving us a, a place at the table, so to speak, where they listen to the lowrider community, that they respect the communities and the culture in which they reflect. And so they need to start recognizing that the lowrider community is a force to be reckoned with. They have a lot of great ideas. They have leadership qualities. They have a lot to offer within their communities and they do so much. So why not give mm-hmm. back and hear them out and give them a place? So we're hoping yeah. that AB four thirty six and the success also influences them to mm-hmm. start to listen and hear us out. Yeah. In a serious uh, matter, you know, to yeah. with action, not just
0: words. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to some calls. Let's bring in uh, Lewis in San Francisco. Welcome.
0: Welcome. Can you hear me? Yeah, sure can. Go ahead. Okay, this is uh, Lou DeMatteis calling Alexis. And uh just wanted to let you know that I covered the scene in San Francisco nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty, 1979, 1980, uh, when it was hot, and then the cops moved in to shut it down. And I uh, have a very good book that, if people are interested, it's available at the uh, SFMOMA gift shop. It's just, um, simply called San Francisco Lowrider's. 1979 and 1980 and and I can just uh you know say what Roberto said you know in 79 it was a very cool scene and there was no violence it was very festive and then because of political pressure uh the city decided to shut down the scene so uh, yeah. I was there to document that yeah. and uh also something very interesting my daughter is a documentary filmmaker, Gabriela Dematez, and she has done a film that I think people would really love. It's called called Inside the Latina Lowrider Car Scene. So this uh, short documentary is all about Latina lowriders in the Central Valley, and that is available to stream from Vice Media. You can just do a search for that, Inside the Latina Lowrider Car Scene. And you'll get a free stream of yeah. this
2: wonderful film. Oh man, Louis, thanks so much! And um, I was just googling the the book, and I have to tell you, if you if you like late seventies, early eighties Chicano style, I mean, this is the, it is. There's some beautiful, beautiful black and white photos of the mission um, during that time. I mean, you're probably in some of them, Roberto. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> let's uh, let's take one other uh, call here because we got somebody sneaking out from work. Just kidding, John in Hollister. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good, good. Tell us your story.
9: Well, I got into uh, lowriders um, first when I heard Easy e He had that song, um, Boys in the Hood, and it started off cruising down the street, my 6'4". <laughs> so when I heard that, I asked my friends, I said, like, what's a 6'4"? And then they showed me, and uh, we lived in San Diego, so like we got to see lowriders all the time. But you know, growing up broke, we... Um, We'd try to sneak into the car shows and, you know, we would uh, look over the fence and, you know, t- just try to get a glimpse. And then finally, when, you know, we got the money, uh, I was able to buy a 73. Mm. And uh it was from, like, uh people that I went to the church with. And, you know, they were really gracious and they made a a, a payment deal for me so I could pay it. And, uh, you know, right away, as soon as I got it, I just started, you know, throwing stuff on it. And I got wheels. I got tanks. Um, I got a a system put in it, and uh, I just loved it. And, you know, everybody was looking at me, and they were like, hey, you should do this and this and this. And I loved how everybody would just come together, and they would start telling you things that you could do to your car, and then they would show you cars, and they would, you know, tell you stories. And um, there was a time where I just ran into financial trouble. So I uh, was talking with one dude. And he was telling me, Don't ever sell your car. Don't ever. <laughs> said, yeah. That's why Roberto
2: has like 17 cars.
9: Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what?
5: He got his car on layaway. He got
9: blessed. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ended up having to sell my car. Oh. And uh, I have the pictures still. And like from time to time, I'll still have dreams about being in the car. And I'm like, God. I should have listened to him. I should have never sold that car.
5: Go back to church, bro.
9: <laughs> <laughs> Come on wherever you go to church. Yeah, let me go right on. Come on now, bro. I got a ride of church. <laughs> <laughs> In my garage.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, John, uh, we're going to be rooting for you to get a car back. Uh, maybe even that one will be delivered back into your life. Um, that's so funny. Uh, you know, one thing we have not talked
5: about. Wait a minute. He should, sure, oh. he should, sure, he should sure, sure write to Make a Wish Foundation. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: I mean, it's it's so tough. I mean, you know, that's it happens to people for sure. Um, I you know, one thing we haven't talked about, which I, I think people probably have a lot of questions about. Maybe, John, you you can take this one. Um, hydraulics. And you, you mentioned earlier, there are kind of like trends that move through the, the low riding world um where where are we with hydraulics right now like do is it still like a necessary component of low? like what's your kind of position on that
3: well i mean you, you know it just goes back to your definition of a low rider i mean there are some people that say that a low rider has to have hydraulics um you know to be honest the only reason i have hydraulics on my car is so that i can raise it up so i don't scrape it over you know speed bumps and getting in and out of driveways because i was perfectly happy with my car being static dropped you know because Mm -hmm. you know driving it as low as you possibly could right but you know i mean hydraulics historically you know were put into cars to be able to raise them up because you know people were getting tickets and getting stopped and getting harassed for driving too low so the hydraulics were able to to lift the car up to a, a stock height You know, um, originally they were aircraft hydraulics, meaning that they were surplused off of of military aircraft. And so, you know, the the ingenuity of being able to install a system like that and then be able to have it, you know, function um, is, I mean, you have to, you know, to do this, you have to become an engineer, really, and and mechanically inclined, um, or you have to, you know, have... a a good a a good tow truck or a lot of money or a lot of money or you know or triple a right um so you know where we are now i mean you know hydraulics certainly play a a role in in low riding in different in, in different ways you know i mean my my setup is what we call a lay and play it is literally just up and down no frills nothing fancy you know and then there's people that like to three wheel and there's people that like to clown and there's people that like to hop right mm-hmm. and so you know that requires more juice and and more power and so you'll you know the, the, these folks will pop their trunks and you'll see a trunk full of batteries <laughs> and all of that allows someone to to hop um, to hop a car you know and then it gets competitive right there right. there are are hopping contests at shows there's there are people that hop in the street for money so, you know, I mean, that's a, a seemingly a very simple question, but it's very complex <laughs> because it depends on what aspect of low riding that you're talking about. You know, there are other people that that say that, you know, if a car has airbags, it's not a low rider, you know, and airbags. I mean, that's a different huh. type of suspension modification that doesn't require uh, juice or 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 the hydraulic fluid or motor oil really to to move through the system right it's all with air compressors and and literally bags. um so you know i say you know whatever gets you there really i mean yeah. and you know low and slow is the way to do it so you know whatever that means and you know it, it depends on budget but ironically enough you know um the high dollar the big ticket hydraulics are the old aircraft uh huh. You know, so, you know, I mean, because people that are, that are, you know, fanatics about being politic or not politically correct. Sorry, period. Correct. Period. (laughs) Correct. In their builds are going back and that some of those old hydraulic uh, aircraft setups are big, big money, you know, and especially then when you have them chromed and repainted and refurbished, you're talking about a lot of cash.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: But you know what? Before
5: all the hydraulics, there were homies that would put cement blocks in their trunk yep. to put a lot of weight to lower the back of your car. <laughs> <laughs> that's one cheap way to do it. Yeah. You know. But you know what? It wasn't a big deal. You know what? I think that that's one of the things that, I, you know, I I always preach that no matter what you have in your trunk, you know, as a lowriders to respect others, you know, because I, I remember when, when, uh, the first set of hydraulics were up here in San Fran was installed. It was like a big deal. And if you could crush a uh, a beer can, you were the man, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and now it's like, it's the, like John was talking about these hopping contests. We have the king of the street every year where we, uh, we have, uh, low has come as far as, uh, Arizona to come compete, you know? Uh, But that's it's it's is which is what you what you love about low riding and the style of what you personally want to put in your car is 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 was is all good.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I feel like as I've aged, I care less about the hopping, and now I'm more into like the interiors and the paint. And it's just like, you know, uh, old man uh, at this point. Now I just yeah, low and slow seems like perfect. Um, we have been talking about lowrider culture. We have been joined by Roberto Hernandez, who's the founder and president of the San Francisco Lowrider Council. Such a pleasure to have you on,
0: Roberto.
5: No, thank you, man. Yeah. It's great to be on. What a way to wake up on a Friday morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Some good music, some laughs. Yeah. See, man, you, you know like that, I do love you guys. That gave me goosebumps, man. <laughs> I that song. I was like,
7: damn, yeah, it is
5: Friday. Happy yeah. Fly Day. <laughs>
2: We're on the fly on yeah, K- right. KQED. <laughs> <laughs> We've also been joined by John Lowe, Professor of <laughs> <laughs> History and Anthropology at Skyline <laughs> College, member of the Low Creations Low rider club and hosted the low ride worldwide podcast thanks so much for joining us
3: John hey thank you so much and I appreciate having this opportunity to chop it up with you and and yeah. some great great folks from throughout the the state and yeah. doing good things so thanks thank you so much yeah
2: Lorraine Quinonez co-founder of the California lowrider Alliance uh, she lives in East LA she's also a solo rider not in a car club and has done some the, of this organizing that we've been hearing about thank you so much Lorraine
4: you're welcome. You're welcome. Have a me weekend and uh, just to state that uh, I'm a member of the California Lowrider Alliance. Roberto's on there. I wouldn't necessarily say co-founder. There's a group of us all together to join forces and I'm so happy and such a blessing to be yeah. here in this space with you all. Have Absolutely. a great weekend.
2: Thank you, Lorraine. Earlier we were joined by Angel Romero, who's the founder and president of the Duenas Car Club in Sunnyvale, and A.J. Noriega, founder of Chicana Dreams from San Jose. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with Grace Wan.